going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. Paul George, Adam Conk. We are in studio, and we have producer Chad. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. So we had you on last week, and we got uh, so much good feedback on his uh, radio voice mm-hmm. that we brought him back. <laughs> we did stick him in the corner, actually. Sorry about that, Chad. Um, he said he didn't want to be on the live feed because he just woke up. Um, he's been working from home, didn't brush his hair. Is that true? Uh, well, I didn't just wake up. Okay, let's just be <laughs> honest about that. My wife is an essential worker. Mm. And us peasants, yeah. I mean, I could, I, I choose to wake up with her. <laughs> us peasants. Uh, so what time is that? What time do you wake up? Uh, well, this morning was like 6.30. Okay. But normally it's like 7.30. So it's like having, yeah. having kids. I did just brush my teeth and get dressed. Right, because we actually came in here and we were like, where's Chad? And you didn't know you were coming in no. until we called you. It's fun. But you live like five minutes from here. Right. So it's like it's, perfect. It's easy. Yeah. Easy. So actually, um, all right. So uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Great show. Uh, welcome into the show. If you're listening on the podcast or on the radio today or on Facebook Live, awesome. Glad you're here. Um, all right. So we got to have you seen, Adam. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Yeah. So, Chad, what do you got? Have you seen that the Pentagon released UFO videos <laughs> recently? <laughs> That's hysterical. That's real? It's a real video. Wow. It's a real yeah. video that the Pentagon released. Now, for the have you seen, Adam and I do not know uh, what Chad's going to talk about. Okay, so here's a question, I guess. is like, if this is a legit thing that they've released, the question comes down to, I don't know, do aliens exist? And why don't Christians talk about that more? Right. Well, the thing that's, I don't know, it's uh, the U.S. Navy released it. Okay. And gave it to the, I guess, you know, the Pentagon owns all the things. Sure. So... It's coming from a more credible source than, I don't know, Joe Blow's blog. Mm -hmm. Okay, so would it bother you either way if aliens actually existed? No, I don't don't think it would bother me. It would throw me for a loop, I'll tell you that. Why? Intelligent life, at least. Why? How does that fit into the story? I don't know. Like, who are we to... There's that part. Who who are we to say that that there's no other life? Like, we can be the only life. I mean, like, who are we? Right. Like I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not saying there isn't. I'm just saying it would throw me for a loop. Do you think it would change any of the teachings of what we believe, creation and the gospel, like salvation, story, mm-hmm. history? Would it change anything about it if actually there were extraterrestrial life out there? Like, would, would it change anything? I don't know that it would. I don't know that it would change anything. We just have to open uh, the story a bit. Open it up. Make some room. I don't think it's opening actually the story up at all. And look, I've never discussed this, so you just brought it up. Right. I think it's opening up our minds more because we've yeah. kind of kind of seen everything through like maybe like a, a tunnel or a certain lens, but I don't know if there's anything like in 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 God's story that either that would change anything in his story. Like in ours, it'd be like, oh man, whoa. <laughs> I'm like freaked out. I gotta figure out like you know, whatever. I think most people just automatically don't, whatever, talk about it because they just start thinking about all the bad things. I don't know. Well, I need a sit down from the Pope or something when this happens to where he's <laughs> going to go through this line by line because I'd have a lot of questions. Like one, so Jesus is human. He's not like Aurelian or wherever this planet is. So is he their Jesus or just our Jesus? Like, 
Right. You know what I mean? He took on our nature. They got a different nature. How do you know? How does this work? But how do you know they do? That's the thing. Maybe they're humans we, on Aurelian. You're right. Exactly. Could we don't be. we don't know. Everything we know is just like movies. So we, we just mm-hmm. think of like E.T. or these alien movies where we're just getting... We don't know. We don't know if they have like a body and a soul. Like we have no idea. That's the thing. So it's all just speculation. Mm-hmm. And of course, like this article, like who knows? Like that... They could have seen a, a rocket in the sky and called it a UFO. We don't know. And that's the thing is which is all just speculation at this point. Well, there was a UFO over my house one time. I didn't know what it was. I knew it was a drone. That's what it was. So I almost called the cops, but it was a neighbor playing with his drone. Because hmm. um, it just kept flying over us, moving from person to person. I was like, what is that? So maybe somebody was just playing with their drone up there, a really fancy drone. Mm. And it's like, wow, that's a UFO. Hmm. To me, it kind of relates a little bit. And, and you know, with the whole creation story. Like there's some folks that believe like, you know, in, in the fundamentalist view of creation, right. It happened in seven days, exactly like it reads in scripture. And, you know, there, there's some Christians who believe, you know, in the big bang theory or, you know, like creation happened like over, you know, long amount of time. And there's a lot of area in our belief that can, you can kind of say, I, I could see it either way. It doesn't, it doesn't change God's story in a sense of who God is, right. who he created, how he, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, it's sort of like the way that science has helped us understand who God is a little better and his creation a little better, more yeah. than we would have known otherwise. It's true. Well, based on that, I'll give you maybe an analogy. Okay. When we really discovered, really sunk in that we weren't the center of the solar system, but that the sun is the center and then the earth revolves around it, it was theologically controversial, mm. big time. And the church was, you know, had to wrestle with it and reinterpret a lot of teaching. Not that it changed the teachings, but, you know, the earth being the center of it all was a big deal theologically for hundreds of years. Um, so it was a big change. Maybe this would be just like that. Mm. Have you ever read C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy? No. It, it touches on this topic. Not, I don't know, it's, it's not the center of the topic. It's not what right. it's, but it explores the idea of, I don't know, life on Mars and Venus is in particular. Right. Hmm. Like and, what if? Yeah, yeah. And then, know. and where would they fit in salvation? And well, and that's the kind of the point is that uh, it expands our minds more, but it doesn't change who God is. It's like, oh, you believe that you know God created in seven days, or you believe that you know it happened over whatever amount of time, and it could have happened this way, or evolution. You know, and and th- what's beautiful about the church is that. You know, our minds can expand, but it doesn't change who God is. It really just kind of helps us understand that God's way bigger than we are and how he can do things is way different or way bigger than we are. And I think a lot of times, honestly, like we definitely put God in a box because it feels comfortable with the way I want to think and believe. And if it happens this way exactly, then it's like, oh, this feels good for me, right? But when we're challenged to think outside of that, right? And I think, honestly, you guys, like where we are today right now is that we're being challenged to to really have faith beyond like what we can put in a box. You know, like our jobs are at stake, the economy's down, like people are suffering, people are dying. And I don't know, like I sit back and think, do we believe in a a God that still um, performs miracles? Do we? Like, or do we just now God's kind of done with that? He's in a box, like, you know, like. I don't know. Like it's pretty depressing if we don't believe in a God that's active, miraculous, looks after us, right? 
And, and we're experiencing a world that, that's honestly kind of heavy right now. Well, it's a heavy world. I've, those miracles, like the ones Jesus performed, happened out of need. You know, people needed things. They needed God. They were sick. They were ill. They were confused, whatever. They were hungry. And God performs miracles to meet their needs. And we like to pretend, at least in the West, a lot of times that we don't have needs. That's you know, true. And, and God... You know, it says in the scriptures, Jesus didn't perform a lot of miracles in a place because of their lack of faith. So needs plus faith equals miracles, you know, and we have a lot of needs today. Goodness gracious. Um, Half of the workers in America are lost their job or lost their income. 30 million people file for unemployment in the past six weeks. That's 10% of our total population filing for unemployment. Right. And that's just like the economy. Well, just the working part of the economy. When we talk about everybody who got sick with something other than corona right now, like they got cancer or um, an aneurysm or a heart attack or all these things, but then the coronavirus affects all of that because their families can't come visit them in the hospital and, and whatever. There's so much need out there. Need plus faith will bring about miracles. That's very true. You know, and I think we're in a time where we got to rely on that. Today's, and we're going to talk more about this, is uh, St. Joseph the Worker, right? And we're at home been praying this novena leading up to this day of St. Joseph the Worker. Why? I mean, honestly, like, it's St. Joseph we look to who who um, who had a lot of faith and, and human faith, right? Like, he, he wasn't divine. Like, he, he he's a saint, but, like, he's human all the way through. He, he, we're most like him, right, than, than we are like, like Jesus and Mary in a sense of our, our humanness, right? And we look to him because he had tremendous faith particularly in times of struggle, right? Like uh, St. Joseph went through a time in his life where he went without a job. Like think about that. Like mm-hmm. he, had, he had to evacuate to Bethlehem, gave, you know, where Mary gave birth, and then they went and evacuated to, to Egypt. How long did he go without work? Like when was he looking like for money or for a trade? And like how, how long was the pandemic for him where he had to rely completely on faith that God would provide? Yeah, and some folks think, they were in Egypt for a couple of years right. before they came back to Nazareth. That's a long time. You know, to reopen Nazareth campaign took two years. Yeah, and we don't think much that Jesus grew up in Egypt, but part of his childhood was in Egypt because Scripture tells us that, you know, that God told him to stay there till Herod died, right? And so they didn't know how long they would be there. So he had to find a job there. He, they had to find a house. You know, they, they had to do all the things that we have to do. It wasn't like they just showed up and there was a palace with like, you know, all this money and grapes. Like in the humility of of who God came into the world as through Jesus, the incarnation, it was about as about as humble as you can yeah. be. Right? Well, producer Chad, I want you to make a little note if you can about sure. Paul's next birthday. Because apparently the idea of, of a good time for Paul is money and grapes. Money and grapes. That what, that was was in the palace, or wasn't in the palace. You know, they had a palace of with money and grapes in it. Is that that's what that's what apparently came out that's of what it. you think of as like living it up. <clears throat> so we just need to get some cash and some grapes. Can you have? <laughs> can we have a chocolate fondue fountain? Uh, that wasn't included. Can I, mean, I? Can I include it? You with the money that you get? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's got to come out of the cash. <laughs> <laughs> Prime rib buffet. Not doing it on top of the couch. Wow, we're adding to this list. Okay. Prime rib like buffet. It. Prime rib buffet. Fondue chocolate. Because I'm not going first for the grapes or the chocolate. I'm going for the prime rib first. Honestly, Paul, I don't have that much cash. Well, I have <laughs> so. it. I have the cash. Can I put it in the in the palace? 
Can I do that? Let's live it up. Yeah. Paul's, Paul's next birthday. All right. I mean. All right. Set yourself a reminder. Well, hopefully the, hopefully the economy will be back and I'll be <laughs> yeah. back actually working. Yeah, that'd be nice. By my next birthday. Not gonna... I have a St. Joseph the Worker question for you, Paul. Okay. You we're going to take a break. Okay. All right. Save the <laughs> yes, question. Sir. No, no, no. Save no. Whoa, whoa there. No, whoa no, there, no, 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 no. Because uh, there's no telling where this well, question's coming from. I'm behind from. the computer. I can't see the time. I'm not giving anything. <laughs> All right. This is good. All right, we are live uh, on Facebook, but uh, those of you guys listen on the radio and podcast, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George, Adam Conk in studio. Welcome to the Paul George Show. We are live on Facebook, actually, podcasts, and on the radio, and we have producer Chad. Chad, we left the last segment. You said you had a question. You have a question. About St. Joseph. Back to me. So, the worker, maybe? <laughs> yeah, St. Joseph as the worker. I was going to ask you if you ever felt like the only sinner in your household. Every day. Dang. I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, and I don't know if you guys feel this way because y'all are both married to uh, to to great um, holy women, right? Um, I, I don't know what it is of just feeling like my wife just just does it so much better than me. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm a guy, you know, uh, and and guys constantly are, you know, like I think it's what brings us close to God is like the fact that we're just kind of idiots at times. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I feel like yeah, I'm the bigger sinner in the house. <laughs> Sorry, that's all. That's the only question. I that's had. the only question you had. Yeah. All right. So, so we were, we're, were there any comments? Uh, any interesting comments that were coming in on the show? Um. Well, we did have somebody suggest that uh, the aliens have to have their own trinity. Mm. Christ came for us, not they, them. They can't have our trinity. They can't. No, we don't they, share that. They we can't don't. have our Capitol buildings. Our palaces. They can't take our Mexican restaurants. Those are for us because <laughs> they're delicious, and they can't have our trinity. Right. Mm. Mm. I agree with that. <laughs> so in the Cajun culture, we, we call the Trinity onions, bell peppers, celery. Right? celery, celery. Yeah. So they can't have that either? No. Okay. I don't uh, want them taking that either. No, please no. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah. Jonathan Harris made a comment too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, he's the one that made the comment about the Trinity okay. too. But that we have a moral obligation to fight the aliens. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, if they're threatening us, I'd agree with that. But right. if they're not threatening us, I mean. I mean, what would you guys say if I said today, like, I actually have an alien living in my house. Everything's been fine. They're cool. I know which kid of yours would be that alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, it is, It is. Uh, do we call this day a feast of St. Joe's the Worker? Or it's, just it's an optional memorial. Optional memorial. So we have the, yes. the liturgists. It's, Adam it's the optional things. memorial. So we've been actually doing a novena leading up to this day, and you pray with certain intentions with you know the intercession of St. Joseph the Worker. And one of the things I've been thinking about is that um, you know Joseph 
obviously was a worker. There's there's no no time in, in history where we can relate more to Joseph than right now where, you know, the economy is down, like, you know, people are either lost their job, got a pay cut, or worried about their job, right? And even if you're an essential worker, you're probably overworked, right? Uh, so there's a lot going on with the intercession of, of St. Joseph who, who worked, who went through um, – you know, the stress of raising a family, providing for a family who evacuated into Egypt, right? With the Holy family without a job. Like we don't know how long he went and how God provided, but we know that God provided because they didn't starve to death. They didn't die. They lived, you know, Jesus grew up like he was fine. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what's crazy. It is. And he's a small business owner. He only made what he sold from his hands. You know, like he literally was a laborer, uh, who didn't have a boss, didn't have a 401k, didn't have benefits. Like he didn't have any of that. You know, he, they lived off of what he made by his hands that day, that week. And you're right. When they were flying to Egypt, when they had to go to Bethlehem, he took the business with him. And so if he could figure out how to make a chair and sell it to an Egyptian, then they could eat that week, you know? Um, so, I mean, this is, this is amazing to the dignity of all those workers throughout the world because, again, we, in our society, we kind of put things in our perspective. But, I mean, most people in human history did not have the 401k package with the health care. Um, they labored like this. And I think it's beautiful to consider that the greatest man saint who's not God, the greatest member of our church who's a man who's not God, was this kind of man. Was not the CEO. Nothing wrong with CEOs, by the way. No. <laughs> Love CEOs. Um, but he was not the powerful and the rich and the influential. He was the poor laborer. And he's the greatest man, pure man, in our church. Yeah, you know, it says in Scripture that uh, St. Paul made tents, right? Like even at times where like he didn't have the money for his ministry, um, that he would go back to tent making. Like he was he was a craftsman. It sounds intense. It, it does sound intense. And uh, yeah, I've been thinking a lot, like, like what kind of tent making can I do? Like, you know, like, like for us, like during times where it's hard or whatever, it's like, you know, let, let's, let's put our hands to the plow. Let's, you know, whatever we can do to, to kind of provide for our family. And this is what St. Joseph did well, is that he just, he just worked, you know, and he just, you know, did what he had to do to raise his family. And then you look at St. Paul who did the same thing, which is interesting because right now in the readings, as we're going through um, the readings is we're in Easter season, we're the first reading. We're not in the old Testament right now. Like we're in the book of acts and we're actually at the place in the book of acts where we see Paul persecuting Christians to the point where, you know, they're being murdered. You know, we saw St. Stephen, uh, being murdered. The first, the first martyr of the church, right. Who was a deacon, uh, you know, and then we see Paul persecuting these Christians and Oftentimes we don't even really talk about that. We just talk about how St. Paul was a saint. You know, he wrote, you know, the majority of, of the New Testament epistles. And and then, you know, we, we don't really talk about that this guy was a murderer. Like a murderer? And then he followed Jesus, right? Like we do you ever you guys ever really think about that? Like like the like the like what happened in his life through the conversion? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's crazy to think about. And I mean, the mercy of God, obviously, is part of that story. Um, because a lot of us, as bad as we're going to get, we're not killing Christians. You know, so we can't be worse than that. Mm -hmm. So God has, has mercy on us. He has a plan for us. And it's never too late to turn back to him 
and well, find out who he really are. Because St. Paul discovered who he really was. It's not like he became a new person. He became more himself. So in other words, like God loves Saul and he loves Paul. He loved the guy who was killing Christians and he loved the guy who was promoting the gospel. Right. And um, so God's love did not change. God's plan for Paul's life didn't change. Paul changed. Right. But think about how we think about people who we know or we meet who were like horrible, did horrible things, like the judgment that we have in their mind, in our mind about them. You know, like suppose like you were just sitting next to someone and they're like, I've murdered people. Like you automatically have this judgment about them, right? And their life and uh, what you think, who they are, right? But what if they had a conversion? Like, what if Christ really changed them? Like, would you, would our minds still think of them as a sinner or think of them as someone new? And St. Paul's conversion, like, he literally, like, went from being a murderer, a persecutor. Uh, now, granted, he thought he was sort of doing the right thing at the time, but still, like, he was killing people to the point where now he's, like, saving, trying to save the world through Christ. Yeah, nobody's beyond redemption. Nobody's beyond redemption. And I think that's important. Honestly, I've been hearing stories, and uh, of just like during this time, I think there's there's a big psychological warfare happening in people's minds and hearts. They're staying at home. Uh, they're experiencing maybe depression for the first time or isolation for the first time or loss of job for the first time, the inability to do the things they used to do for the first time. I think people are experiencing a different type of stress and mental sort of warfare on their minds and their hearts like more than ever and f for me like i often think about those times where it's like maybe this is a time for like a deeper conversion in my own life no time like the present right uh but the great thing about conversion is that it's necessary to step out of your normal life to change, to convert. You know, if I'm in the day-to-day -day routine and the daily grind, it's much harder to change because I'm not thinking about how my life could be better, how I could do things differently. I might think about it in a passing way, but not in a deep, real way. Um, and sometimes it's even just a weekend of getting away that does it. You know, right. people just get away for a weekend, have some prayer, have some time to think, and then decide, you know what, this is where my life needs to go. Um, so we've had pretty an extended weekend now. I mean, it's been two months of this stuff, and a lot of folks are having the opportunity to really think about their life. And the church has done a really good job of keeping the gospel out there to where when people are having those thoughts and questions, the church is there with the truth to, to answer them, you know? Yeah, so Chad, any comments coming in? So, you know, I was thinking about that, Adam, is um, like think about our – think about – your life, our life, when we have everything together, you know, when everything's when going did that fine, happen? like in a sense of like, you know, you, you got your <laughs> job's fine. Like you, you got a paycheck coming in, right, like right, everything's right. just normal. And think about, you know, your faith during those times. It's like, oh, I'm just kind of coasting. Now think about like what it does to you when things are taken away. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're going through pain or suffering, when you, when you're like, I don't know what to do. And there's been times during this pandemic where I'm like, I don't have any answers. Like, I don't know what's next. Like, I don't know where to go from here or how to pivot out of this. Like, that's a that's a, a feeling where you where you're like, I, to whom shall I go? Right? Like, where do where do I turn? You know? So, am I just gonna you know develop some bad habits? Am I gonna just start drinking a lot? Like, where am I gonna turn during this time? And this is what I'm talking about. Like this 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 deeper conversion that's opportunity for folks including myself during this time where 
we don't have control over our life in a lot of ways. Maybe we're losing some stability in some ways and it's drawing us deeper into understanding where we rely on ourselves and where we rely on God. Yeah, those experiences where control is taken away or things are taken away, you become really scared really quick. I know in my life, the scariest times were, you know, involving my kids and health issues or, you know, kids in the womb maybe, and there's an issue and you can't do anything about it. And, um, you just get really scared. (laughs) And so what do you do in that fear? Do you rely on God? Do you pray? Do you stick with it? Do you stay faithful or do you distance yourself from God? And I think that's, that's an important question right now. You know, there are people in our church right now that are further from God because of this virus. And I think they're the, the minority. I think most of us that, that have the faith, this has been a time of deepening that faith. It's a struggle. It's not easy, but it's a deepening time. But there are some among us who are even very active in the church that have just distanced themselves because it's not the same. It's not like going to Mass. It's not like going to adoration. It's not like being able to go to the chapel. Um, so I just want to encourage you, if that's been your situation for two months, you still have a week or two to turn that around and make this as fruitful as it can be because it has been a fruitful time for a lot of folks. It can be fruitful for you too, but you have to you have to look at it that way. So I want to encourage you to do that. All right, Producer Chad, what you got? Any comments? Uh, um, Jean-Paul Lanson says, I miss you, Paul. Oh, good. How's married life, mm-hmm. Jean-Paul, right? Is, yeah. Is he, is he married now? He is married. Yeah. He's good married. He's got a baby Paul. on the way. He's got a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's exciting. Uh, Warren says, you go, Gator Man. There you go. I don't know what that means. I don't either. (laughs) I'll explain that another day, maybe off air, actually. Oh, it's a real thing, Gator Man? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not okay. going to tell us. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. not going to tell you. Okay. I do have a question, but I want to. I'm going to save it for the for the Corona, the six pack. Are you? Yeah. Okay. I'll save it. All right. That's good. Yeah. So I do think, like in in some ways, like the rugs being taken out from under us, you know, and we all have different situations. But I'm I'm asking myself a lot these days is like how much do I actually believe and rely on Jesus in faith to take care of my every need, right? Or how much do I rely on myself? Well, I think for men, there's a particular fear that I trust Jesus. I know God's got it, but I don't trust myself. In other words, like I must have made a mistake in judgment or a decision or didn't live up to something in the past or the immediate past or the remote past, five years, 10 years ago, whatever. I must have done something to mess this up. Hmm. I know God's got it. That's a good question. That's a good point. But like... The fear we have, is, particularly as men, is that we didn't live up to the task at some point, and then now it's coming back to bite us um, when things like our job get taken away or, you know, it's like, man, I should have made a different decision. Mm. And that's the challenge of, I think, manly Christian faith is that if we've done our best to follow the Lord, we don't look back. We don't set our hand to the plow and look back, but we trust that God is bigger than our mistakes. And you know what? We did make a bunch of mistakes. Just about everything we did was a mistake. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Like God's bigger than that and he loves us and he's taking care of us. And sometimes our mistakes do come back to bite us, but like God is still there and he's going to love us through it. Yeah. That's a great point. I think that there are times I can be honest, like in my life when things are stressful or not going my way or the way I think I have a tendency to look back and be like, man, I should have made a different decision five years ago when I had that option. Or, you know, if I would have, you know, studied this, you know, you know, you start thinking about all the things you could have done differently that maybe would have set you up differently. And the reality is, is I think, you know, security is sort of a, a myth, like total security is a myth in a sense that in our humanness, we're not, we're not created to be secure by a job or even fulfilled by another person. 
other than God. And that's really hard because it's uncomfortable at times, mm-hmm. you know, to rely completely on someone else. Yeah, one of the things, I mean, I think about is is St. Paul, and I mean, he wasn't, even after his redemption, and he still wasn't perfect, but God used all that St. That Paul brought to the table to do the the great and marvelous works that St. Paul did in God's name. Like, he'd still sinned afterwards, right. and him and Peter still fought, and him and, you know? Right. And Like Adam and I. Right. <clears throat> and Actually, yeah. Adam lost a bet to me that he... And he had to shave his beard, and and he I won, <laughs> so he had to sh- shave his beard. Is that the real story? No, 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 oh. no. The quarantine got him. He hadn't been able to beat his barber, and instead of you know grooming his beard himself, he got stubborn and said, "I'm just going to shave it since my barber can't." Yeah, mm. that's basically a, what happened, right? That's right. I have a mullet on the way right now too. So no, you know, it's starting. See, that's a good example of a mistake that God's going to love you through. <clears throat> a mullet. A mullet is always a mistake. But I think you're right, Chad. I think, like, uh, I think, well, I know, like, Jesus chose followers, men and women, who had a certain life, um, you know, uh, they lived life, and they had some rough edges, some some grit to them. They were workers. They, were, they weren't afraid to, like, dig in, right, and uh, to pack their bags and, and do hard things. And it's, it's like Jesus, you know, and St. Paul, who, who, was certainly like a, a mover and a shaker before his conversion. And God's like, I can use that guy to do great things. Like I can change him from the inside out. Like I can take his outside characteristics and I can build something inside of him, you know, and, and breathe my life inside of him. And I think for all of us, like, you know, um, God can take our rough edges. God can take, you know, who, who we are. And even in our in times where you know, in our sinfulness and, and use that to do good, right. To, to make us better. Um, yeah, so like, sure. Paul was a murderer, but he was bold and courageous and yeah. And God even, was like, I, I need a guy like that. Right. Right. And I can, and I can change him from the inside. You, he, you just keep being bold and courageous. I'm just going to give you a new vision for it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'll be bold to put out this idea that the saint is the one you know, the one who's doing God's will perfectly is the one who's willing to have a St. Paul conversion every day. Mm. Who's willing to wake up that day and say, up until now, I've messed it all up, but today, God's going to change me. Uh, I made a bunch of mistakes, but they don't own me today. Like, God's love owns me, God's mercy. Um, because, you know, like St. Augustine said, and this is very comforting, this idea that if we turn back to the Lord with all our hearts... There's no grace that we're missing out on because of our past sins, you know. Because you're tempted to think mm-hmm. this way, like, man, if I would have only been holier five years ago, ten years ago, if I only had a better prayer life, I I would be so much further along in the spiritual life or whatever else. And he says that's not what's keeping us from holiness. Our past mistakes aren't what's keeping us. It's our current attitude. It's our current disposition of heart. Because small children become saints. Mm-hmm. Okay, like small children love God a hundred percent. It's not something that takes your whole life. It's something that takes your whole heart. And if we do this, if we turn to the Lord with this St. Paul conversion experience to say, like, fall off our horse, get down the ground, and we allow God's light to blind us, we miss nothing of the grace God has for us. We miss nothing of the mercy God has for us, and and we become the saint God wants us to be. That's why I rode a horse here today. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I was, I like was a, wondering. I need to be like St. Paul. More. Down the Old Town Road? Down the Old Town Road, yeah. Did you ride a horse? Nay. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> So bad. You have the worst dad jokes ever. 
Well, let me tell you something. St. Joseph the worker probably said dad jokes. You think so? Yes. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The, uh, no, actually, uh, the the church near my home hometown, like people would ride like their, their ATVs and their horses to, ch- to church sometimes. Wow. Yeah, it was just a little country church. That was back in like 1823, though. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, but apparently in downtown Lafayette, there's still little uh, things that you can hook your horse up to. Oh, like just like on the street, the whole a little, I don't know, metal thing. Yeah. In the street. That's cool. I think people use them for their kids now. You know, there's like kid leashes that people <laughs> have. I think you can hook it up there. Oh, good idea. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a horse. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care Solidarity HealthShare is like a healthcare sharing crazy, which provides an ethical way to fund health care Everybody used to have a horse. While protecting and practicing All right, we're going to take a break. Best and yet, we'll be right Solidarity back. HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George. In studio... Uh, thanks for listening in today, whether on the podcast or on the radio. And for those who are Facebook Live, first time we've gone live on Facebook because, you know. Because we can. Because we can these days during the quarantine. And we got producer Chad in the studio who you cannot see. Yeah. Well, it's probably for the best. He didn't want to be on uh, on camera, but he's definitely the most handsome out of the group. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's easy. <laughs> Young, hipster glasses, hipster beard, hipster t-shirt. I'm a little offended. Hipster... <laughs> Hipster voice, you know. Really? Yeah. We wow. made a comment last week that uh, I think Paul's you, just using. I said you had a weird. Young. I don't know what did I say. You had a weird <laughs> radio voice, which I was just joking, by the way. And people started commenting. No, he's got a really good radio voice. He does so, have a good radio voice. So then his head started getting big. You got a swollen. future in this child. Right. You got a future. And his headphones don't fit anymore. Head's we, too big to fit on the camera. So <laughs> I'll stay back here. Uh, we got any any comments you want um, to mention? Uh, just more from JP, saying that you got a good model in you and your family. Paul, <laughs> thanks JP, you're awesome, man. Um, that's exciting. I want to know when their babies do. In November. November. Yep. Gotcha. So that's a good time to have a baby. It Weather's is. cool. Not too cold yet. How do you know? I've never had a November baby. I had a December. You've uh, never actually baby. had a baby yourself. Your wife did. <laughs> <laughs> so don't <laughs> don't go. Don't go there. So it's it's a good day. So it's St. Joseph the Worker, uh, and we're going to pray for his intercession. And uh, we're in the book of Acts, and we're, we're slowly seeing St. Paul's conversion, you know, happening. And I just want to invite people to, to, to stay in, in the book of Acts during this Easter time because it really unfolds for us the life of the church as it unfolds, right? And we're in a time and a season where the church is just, it's like, what, what, what are we right now, right? We can't go to church or whatever the case may be, and they're slowly opening, but but it's always awesome to to go back and see where the church was so that we can learn and grow, you know, in, in our faith. All right, we're going to go to uh, our six-pack of questions. Question. Are we doing this together? Are you guys switching back and forth on the six-pack? Why not? Sure. Six-pack of Corona questions. Okay, because last time, Chad could only come up with two, so you had to do four. Remember that? Well, 
I think I ended up getting three. Just you, last minute. Okay, last minute you pulled one out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, gotcha. We can do this. All right. I believe in us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I believe in you and me. Okay. Thanks. All right, uh, question number one. So it is St. Joseph the Worker. You mentioned a novena that your family's in today. Um, do you have any cool novena stories in your life, like times that God has actually answered yes or no to a particular novena or thing you're praying about in a cool way? Any cool story? So my favorite novena is uh, the novena of Mary, undoer of knots. That's my favorite mm. novena um, because I think, you know, just this beautiful relationship that we have with the mother of God who, um, you know, cares and loves for us to, to undo our knots, our stress or whatever those knots are. That's my favorite uh, novena. But if you're extremely desperate in life, which I have been at times, uh, the 54 day novena, um, Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many <laughs> how many novenas is that? Six. Six. So you do six novenas in a row. It's called a 54-day uh, rosary novena. Wow. And it's like, you know, there's been times where we've had like really intense discernment or direction where we've leaned into that. And that's that's a big commitment, but yeah. So anyway. The nine days, it didn't, then like the nine-day novena prayer is like easy after that. Any good results from all your novena praying? No, there's been some big decisions or times of discernment, uh, moves or jobs or decisions that we've had to make where the novena has been like the like the the thing that we've leaned on and we've always felt like that's helped us in our discernment, you know. There's always mm. there's always been movement, you know. Yeah. That. You think if I pray the Mary Andrew of Knots novena, I don't have to go to like a physical therapist? Or uh, if you have like a chiropractor, a, maybe. like some back knots. You well, is that your question number two? No, it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so this is sub sub question right. one. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm not saying that uh, God can't perform <laughs> some physical healing in your life, Chad. I got some tough knots back there. Maybe, so, maybe not. Or maybe a hot tub. Hot tub. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, a physical therapist can help too if they don't go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, shout out to all the physical therapists. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a tough road for you guys not being able to to work with your patients. Hang in there. Yeah, hang in there. Um, I was wondering. We, we've been talking about St. Paul's conversion. I don't know if you have anybody or any stories about people that you've you know that seemed too far gone, and but you've watched them change their life around or have a radical conversion in that way. Yeah, when I was this crazy, and I, the first thing that came to my mind is, is the story. Um, so I have a friend, Tyson Hoffman, who's now a priest, uh, Franciscan. So he's uh, Father Pio, oh, Father Pio Maria. That's do a good you, choice. Do you, yeah. Do you all know Father Pio? No. no. So he um, just fan of the name. You know, Franciscan sold everything. Uh, he's actually from Lafayette, Lake Charles area, like in. Um, when I was in high school, I was at a conference and Tyson's mom made him go to that conference. It was like a retreat type thing. And they had like a youth part and he wouldn't come inside. And, uh, he was like, you know, like doing horrible things, you know? Uh, and he would tell you, you know, like in the bad scene doing drugs and even to the point where he's like suicidal and some, some kid walked out and talked to him and invited him in and he had his conversion at that conference wow and is now uh a franciscan priest it's insane yeah 
like 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 life changing conversion. Like went from like drugs one day to following Jesus the next. Like it, it was like complete turnaround. It's pretty good. So I know it happens. I've seen it with my own eyes. I mean, even in my own life. But like his is like like he like he's there's no end to his radical following of Christ. Like there's probably you know I don't have the faith that he does. You know he's going underground in China a couple of times like incognito spreading the gospel wow. you know just awesome awesome i'm always amazed with those that a lot of these radical conversions are like these small acts that people do to invite people in it's nothing like they've they've done this remarkable act that's made them believe you know right mm-hmm. it's often something super small and just let god do his thing right god do his thing yeah. all right question number three we talked about the possibility of aliens today that's true, so, we did. Actually, let, I forgot we talked about yeah. that. <laughs> Let's imagine for a second we discovered life on the planet planet Aurelian. And, like um, Jamie Aurelian? Yep. And they've invited you to speak at their youth conference mm-hmm. on the planet Aurelian. It's the first time they hear the gospel. <laughs> Give me your first minute or so of your talk to these aliens. That's the most amazing question <laughs> I've ever been asked <laughs> in my life. It made this show worth it. I think I would start off and say, I know this is strange. I know this is strange, um, but uh, I'm glad I'm here. That's it. That's all you would say. And then uh, <laughs> you only asked for the first two minutes. You know, it's Dude, interesting. They just flew you from Earth, and that's what you got. Well, one of the lines that that catches me in uh, the Book of Acts is this: it says, uh, um, "When the disciple says, let me tell you about this life, right? This life.'" Of Christ, like that's what I. That's what. Let me tell you about this life, you know, not life on Earth where like you know things are different. Let me tell you about the life in Christ, like that's what I would want to tell. That's them. good right there. I like that. Let me tell you about this life. So we need to tell the folks who might actually like like the space force we just started. We need to mm. tell them like, look, that first group going to Aurelian put Paul George on the so plane. So let me okay. I, let me tie this together because it actually says in Scripture that we are. Uh, strangers and aliens no longer. It actually uses those words. That's the title of your talk? Bam. So we're strangers and aliens <laughs> no longer. So the word alien is just like a foreigner. Like it's just, it's you know, someone that's like, we don't even know. Um, strangers and aliens no longer because we're adopted sons and daughters in Christ. Like we, we're in the household of God. Like So in Christ, we're no longer strangers and aliens. Like we're sons and daughters. And so like where there's an, real alien on another planet is like the life in Christ is like we're we look really different but we're now brothers and sisters dude you have to be on that ship that Mm -hmm. lands you've got to be on that ship I am deathly afraid of space like being stuck (laughs) in a tube going into outer space is like I have zero desire to do that like zero now if you could tele whatever port teleport me like just straight to like the planet or the moon, I would but do But Paul, that. you would definitely be in the Church Hall of Fame for that. To preach for the sure. gospel to the planet Aurelian, the first one to bring it. I mean, not only our Church Hall of Fame, but their Church Hall of we Fame. We have great saints that went to like the rural areas and were like murdered for preaching the gospel. Yep. So here's your shot. If you go, you may not come back, <laughs> but you'd be legendary. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right, question four, Paul. After the youth conference, you come back to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Meet with Pope, whoever's the Pope at the time. And we do a download? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and he asks you, okay, Paul, you know these aliens on Aurelian. What should their patron saint be? Hmm. Wow. Patron saint. Wow. Of the that was, a, that was a Facebook Facebook question, actually. That was a Facebook question? So you didn't oh, actually nice. come up with the question. Well, no, but that wasn't the criteria. Juan Diego. Nice. Okay. Yeah. St. Juan Diego. You have a reason? Yeah, because I think people thought he was nuts and crazy, you know, with Arlia Guadalupe. The fact that, uh, you know, he had this, like, <laughs> painting of her on, like, you know, and, uh, like, no one ever thought, it, like, something godly can happen to a peasant like him, you know, and uh, it did. And uh, he was different. So, I don't know. This is the first person yeah. that came to mind. A new world saint. That's a mm. great choice. Yeah. Dude, you got to be on that ship. A new world it's like saint. like you were made for this. Right. Like he wasn't like Italian right, and came from like or whatever, you know, and, and like, yeah, it's Mexico. I think you need to make a website for Aurelians now. Maybe they'll discover it. Maybe maybe that's how I pivot out of this and, and make a living <laughs> because I have no idea uh, what I'm going to do after this because the, sh the show doesn't bring in money. So it's like, what am I going to do? That, that was a good question. Okay. All right. Question number five. Uh, let's go back to St. Joseph for a bit. So give me your top do and don't um, for men uh, in particular who maybe they're insecure about their role as husband and father. Like maybe they've messed up with it. Maybe they've messed up big time. Like, and they're kind of shying away from this kind of manly leadership in their house like St. Joseph had. Uh, give me a top do and don't for those guys to get back on the saddle and lead their family. You know, we know so little about St. Joseph. There's, you know, but every snippet we get is like an act of faith. That's, that's all we know, you know. And the act of faith doesn't say that he talked much or like, like he made these, you know, grandiose plans or tons of money. Like we just don't know. But we do know is that he, he just said yes. That's it. Right? Like he just said yes. And I think for men, oftentimes, like there's this pressure or this assumed pressure uh, that we have to do more than say yes. Right? Like we got to get it perfect. We got to get it right. We got to be the best husband, dad, provider. And like we, we end up putting on more pressure on ourselves than I think maybe our families do or our spouses or our kids and what, like, what if, like, our if our main job in life as a man was just to say yes to God? So, you know, I often tell guys, like, you know, they're called to marriages, like, you know, just say yes. Like, that's that's your, and then what what do you do the next day? You say yes again, and then the next day you don't never say no. You just say yes in faith that I'm supposed to be married today to this person for, for the rest of my life. Sometimes that yes is harder, as you guys know than it is other days, right? Like sometimes those mm -hmm. days to say yes and to serve and to love is just harder. And I'm sure for St. Joseph it was too. I'm sure like packing his mule and going to Bethlehem was not the yes he wanted. I'm sure, you know, um, his wife being pregnant by the Holy Spirit wasn't the yes that he wanted. I'm sure packing up in the middle of the night, uh, evacuating to Egypt wasn't the yes that he wanted to do, but he did it because it was, it was his faith, his yes. I think for men, like the best thing that we can do each day is just say yes. Yes to God, yes to your vocation. And in that, the fruit of life will come, right? It's just, you know, even when it's hard, because there's days where it's hard. I don't want to say yes to waking up in the middle of the night, right? Uh, to, you know, a kid crying or, or this happening. I don't want to say yes to go to work because I'm just tired. I don't feel like, I don't want to say yes to 
cooking or cleaning or helping my wife. Like there's just times where it's like that. But then it's times where there's, yes, there's so much freedom in it. But when we say yes, it's an act of faith, even if we don't know God's in that moment, right? Because God asked us to do this. He asked us to, to, to live our vocation, uh, to act in faith every day, and to do his will. That's it. So that, that's my encouragement because I think sometimes we can, we can make it bigger than what it is. A yes is hard enough. Just say yes every day in faith. Say yes to God, yes to your vocation, and, uh, and just do it right? Whether it's hard or not. And here's what I do know about the DNA of men is that men are willing to do the hard things. You know, and I say that often as, oh, well, you can go, you know, hunting and clear out trees in the woods so you could see better, you know, and then you could, but then you just come home and lay on the couch and do nothing. No, like you, you're built to do hard things. You can go to work and you could do this. We're built to do hard things. So, um, we're built in our yes to even do the hard things in our vocation, right? It, it's in our DNA. God made us that way. Always to do is say yes. Mm, love it. Yeah, that obedience, right? Right. That's the sort of thing, you know, St. Paul, St. Uh, Paul, St. Joseph both had. Uh, you know, St. Joseph's obedience, his yes, his willingness to not divorce Mary, even though it could be embarrassing or difficult, uh, you know, was a, a part of salvation. And I, I, yeah, or way God works through St. Joseph, right? What do you think? Is I guess this question the, six? This is question six. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which is the last question. It is the last question. The six, six pack six of pack. Corona. Yeah. Corona questions. It's a lot of weight. Which by Corona? Is, is that something you guys No. I don't know. No. no offense anybody drinks Corona, but... Uh, I heard their like, stocks were like beer. out of the roof. Yeah. I thought it, because of like this. the bottom fell out, right? They, they they ran out? No, I think I thought they didn't. No, they didn't sell. No, I think at first they didn't, and then like people oh. just it like skyrocketed. Wow! But I don't know. People having Corona parties, right? There's better options. Okay, so back to the question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was your fault. That wasn't my it fault. It was my I'm not, fault. I shouldn't apologize. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Chad. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ask him to apologize. I didn't say, "Hey, you need to apologize." Um, I was just gonna. I wanted to ask what if there's anything. Um, what do you think is the main thing getting in the way of men being obedient? Hmm. Or if anything is, I think there's a couple of things. One is the self-reliance. I think behind that is probably some pride, you know, just, you know, I think, I think, you know, scripture talks about, you know, pride a lot. And I think that's geared a lot towards men. Um, our pride to want to do. And I think, behind the pride might be good intentions but the pride to be self-reliant the pride to to be successful and to be defined in that success by certain you know benchmarks you know money stuff things whatever um and so this this pride and this ego um just pushes us to the point where um we don't rely on god enough right that, that's why i've talked about like i think this time like think about this though Joseph's life was just going down a certain path and he had a career, which he did. He was a craftsman and he had no idea what was about to happen. Okay. Um, we don't know. We know that Joseph was a righteous man, righteous meaning to be right with God, right? We knew he was right, a righteous man. Um, 
But we don't know that, that he didn't define himself by his work. We don't know that he, he didn't struggle with a little bit of pride or uh, going down a career path or, or success. You know, like we have no idea. If he's like any other guy, he probably had a little bit of tendency to like, you know, have those things. And then God completely rerouted his plans uh, to the point where he had to become totally self-reliant on God, not on himself, right? To be reliant on God, having no idea how long he would be out of work, how long he would evacuate. You know, what would people think about, uh, you know, this child? Like all these unknowns. For us as men, those unknowns freak us out, right? We want to know. And I think we're in a time where God's teaching us to rely on him in the unknown when we don't know, when, we're, when, we, when we don't have all the answers. And that's the reality. You know, I don't think our wives or spouses all the time want to hear that we have it all together. I think oftentimes they want to hear that we don't, you know, that, that we don't have the answer, you know, but that we're just going to say yes, like even in going to have faith in the darkness. So that's what I would say. So anyway... We did this live, Facebook. Thank you guys for, for listening in today. Uh, actually, the show is going to be um, played on the radio this afternoon on KLFT Radio 90.5. Uh, and then the podcast will be uploaded for all our folks who listen to the podcast. So thank you guys for being part of the show. It was the first time we did it live on Facebook because Adam can do that and producer Chad's amazing. And, um, <laughs> you know, they are definitely look much better than I do. So we'll have to get a, a camera over here. Uh, Chad next time. The Chad cam. The Chad, the producer sure. Chad cam. Uh, so anyway, um, you can get the podcast on uh, iTunes or, or Google Play, SoundCloud. You can share it. Uh, you can support the show on discovertheartofliving.com and be a part of it. So we really appreciate it. And God bless you guys. Have a great St. Joseph the Worker Day. God bless.